HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by our friends at Greenhouse Tavern. Located in Cleveland, Ohio, the Greenhouse Tavern follows green principles of organic and environmentally friendly ingredients while using recyclables and highly developed methods of composting, sourcing alternative energy, and focusing on conservation practices. For more information, visit GreenhouseTavern.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't charm the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. In the studio today, we have the lovely Nicole Austin from Kings County. That's the corn and bourbon whiskey distillery. Used to be over here in Bushwick, but just recently moved to uh, the Navy Yards. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, you are the the master blender for this whiskey company. Yeah, best title ever. I know. The master blender. That's like... That's my DJ name. There are no other blenders, <laughs> by the way. I just wanted to be the master blender. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. It's like, oh, I'm the head bartender, but there's only me here. <laughs> right, but given the opportunity to oh, yeah. call yourself master blender. You gotta, you gotta, like, church up your title. For sure. It's like, you know, these business cards, you know, they go a lot... They have they have longer legs with a title like that. <laughs> I'm, call, I'm the master. I'm the master at this. Exactly. There's no one else. Exactly. I'm the executive producer. <laughs> <laughs> Jack is the executive. That's awesome. I, you know, he's got it on his business card, too. Um, so you started with Kings County for, like pretty pretty much like right after they started up, right? Yeah, yeah. We were licensed um, in April of 2010. And I joined the company in August of 2010, so right after. It was uh, actually the first day that we ever sold product on the market was the day that I showed up and introduced myself to Colin and David and told them that I would be working for them now. And it was nice to meet them. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. How does one uh, become... Like, tell, tell me about the, uh, the path to becoming the master, to, uh, master <laughs> blender for Kings County. I had a, a long and twisted path. Um, I think... I made a number of choices um, that brought me here, and it goes back to, I would say it started in high school um, with the guidance counselor that... That's how I started getting into whiskey. (laughs) Yeah, well, that is kind of how I started getting into whiskey. I was was a big Jack Daniels fan at that time, don't tell my mother, but uh, I had a 
guidance counselor that um, I had a particularly uh, difficult relationship with, and we were having that conversation about college and college plans and um, what major I should choose. And I said something about, you know, math and science, and I think I can do that. And she gives me the, you know, I don't know, you know, chemical engineering, like that's, you know, that's the most difficult major. You know, I think you should maybe scale back your expectations a little bit. I don't know if you can do that. And, you know, it's like up yours. Fuck that. I'm doing it. It's the hardest one. Like I got this. I can always go down from there, but I'm going to start here and like screw you. That's really cool. So, yeah. So I did that um, and it worked. I totally accidentally and just as a screw you to my guidance counselor and then ended up not sucking at that um also as sort of a screw you to other people that told me that I couldn't do it um I think I told you the story of um I was told I was early in my uh my chemical engineering career it was in my junior year when you're really starting to get into it and you have a lot of kind of defiant old men professors that don't really like you so much and I got arrested. Um, I was protesting at the RNC on one of the first days of class of my junior year semester. And so I didn't show up to an entire day of classes. And I get, you know, called out in front of class, in front of everyone, by the teacher who also happened to be the head of the program. Who's all, you know, where were you? And it's like, I was in jail. <laughs> what do you, <laughs> what do you want? think I was? What do you want from me? <laughs> and uh, I got pulled aside and told that he wasn't sure that I belonged in this program and wasn't sure that, you know, that I had what it took to, I wasn't responsible enough. I didn't understand the gravitas of chemical engineering. So I said, up yours once again and ended up doing fairly well at it, actually. But so that fast forwarded to um, giving me the background that I needed to understand distillation and understand the process of whiskey making. So it kind of seemed a natural segue once I realized that that was an option, possibly. So during this time, you were actually working for a consulting firm for the city uh, as a chemical... I I was. Yeah, I was doing the thing that chemical engineers do. Um, for it was mostly wastewater was what I was dealing with. So at you that went time. from like wastewater to the other like side of the spectrum. To, yeah, the nastiest to the possible glo- liquid <laughs> that could be produced by the human race to possibly the most beautiful possible liquid That's that amazing. could be produced. <laughs> so like, but but now you're actually at, uh, at Kings County full time. Yes, which is great. Yes, they uh, they still want you to hang out and work for the city, but you're like fuck y'all. Let's, <laughs> let's make some whiskey. <laughs> What amount of money could bring you back? There's no amount of money that could bring me back. If you pay me in whiskey, though. <laughs> so tell us about uh, the the start with uh, with Kings County in like from the beginning to like now. Like for instance, like tell us about like the process with like making products. Like you have the corn whiskey and a bourbon. Yeah, right now we started super tiny. So um, the concept, my uh, business partner Colin and David really came up with the concept, and the corn whiskey was always meant to be the flagship product. Um, he's from Kentucky originally, and so wanted to make uh, sort of a heritage, you know, product that was reflective of that that region, and sort of harking back to what was drank there before you know, what we think of as modern bourbon. And we started really, really tiny. When we were in the Bushwick space, we were using five five-gallon stills, um, which are basically like hobby-sized stills that would fit on your it's stove. It's like an oversized kettle. Yeah, exactly. And if they would fit perfectly on your kitchen stove, were you so inclined to put them on your kitchen stove? <laughs> um, but that's what we were working Electric, with. Electric, not gas, right? 
Yeah, we had, yes, electric. Yeah, you want to be a little careful with that. I live in fear of a fire at the distillery. But that's how we started. And at that time, we were, I think we were the smallest operating commercial distillery in the United States, as far as we know. Um, Certainly, I got laughed at when I went to distilling conferences. (laughs) You use what now? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But we made some award-winning corn whiskey on those stills. And then uh, we kind of went from there. It was sort of a natural segue when you produce a quality white spirit to put it in a barrel and Mm -hmm. assume that a quality brown spirit is probably going to come out after that. And then that's really when I became the master blender. That's, you know, when we when we moved, that's when I really upped my involvement in Kings County, when we started aging stuff. And I really took that over as my baby and kind and these barrels and, you know, harnessed them and brought them along to their fully mature state. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, uh, eventually you're going to want to put this white spirit in, you know, just like the, the good Reverend Elijah Craig did back in the day on mm-hmm. long, long float down the Mississippi. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think, especially with like your new space, like I've only seen pictures of it so far, but I, I know yeah, not that you were not invited. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm a busy man. I'm a busy man. Um, but yeah, like it's it's cool that you basically have like the top floor of a rick house, and then like on your second floor, and then the ground floor you've got your stills, and uh, so it's it's a really cool looking space. I can't wait to actually go there and see it in person. But um, uh, that's that'll happen. <laughs> um, Better, but yeah, yeah. Um, so when you guys started, uh, tell me about like your barrel aging process. Like, what or what are you using? Like as far as your barrels go, where do you get them? You know, all that stuff. Yeah, we have a, a really different approach to barrel aging than the typical bourbon approach. Um, you know, Kentucky, which is sort of the bourbon that everyone thinks of, they put their barrel into charred 53-gallon casks, which is part of the rules for bourbon. Um, in order to use that word, it has to be aged in a new charred American oak cask. Um, but that's the only, that is the major restriction. So there's nothing else about regionalism. I, I often hear that bourbon has to be made in Kentucky, which is not true. It has to be made in the United States anywhere. Uh, but so Kentucky has sort of gotten and their style of bourbon making has really gotten in people's heads is sort of the only right way right so we changed the thing that we changed that was really radical was the barrel size so kentucky is typically 53 gallon casks and i'm putting my whiskey into five gallon casks for the most part so here's an industry here's a question so you started with five gallon stills yeah when you started distilling and now when you're aging, when you started aging your bourbon, you started aging in five-gallon barrels. So are you going to maybe up the size of your barrels eventually, or are you going to stay with the yeah. experimental small size? We have a few um, that are bigger. We filled some 15-gallon casks, um, and I the hope for that is that it'll be released as a straight bourbon as opposed to a regular bourbon, um, straight bourbon being the two-year minimum aging. Mm-hmm. So five-gallon barrels can't really sit around for two years. Um, they would be completely over-oaked after that. Um, so the larger casks should hopefully allow me to keep them for at least two years. So that's the plan for that. But really, I mean, I have no intention. You know, I think that people often assume that distilleries, you know, the growing craft distillery movement that is embracing small barrel aging is doing it because they have to and not because they think that it's going to make good whiskey. Uh, but I'm, I have every intention of sticking with the small barrels. I think... I'm not trying to out Jim Beam, Jim Beam. You know, you can't, you can't right. do that. I'm not trying to be them. So I plan to stick with that style. I mean, I, as far as, as long as Kings County Distillery is a distillery, I have the intention of putting whiskey into five-gallon casks. Yeah. 
So what do you think some of the, the pros are as far as, and like you said before, there was like a con of maybe if you leave it in there too long that it, the whiskey would be over-oaked. What do you think some of the pros are for using the small barrels? Yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, it, it is a challenge with the small barrels. It's really, they change so quickly. You know, a 53-gallon cask, you can leave it and come back six months later and the taste, you know, may not have changed significantly. A five-gallon cask really... I have the burden of having to taste them very often. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a rough life to make sure that they haven't, you know, they just mature so quickly um, with, you know, so much oak to spirit ratio. There's the oak influence can really, you know, it can go out of control very quickly if you don't keep an eye on it. But I would say the biggest pro is that it makes a really, it's a different style of spirit. It's, right. um, you know, the different flavor profile. It's not, it doesn't taste exactly like, you know, a 53-gallon cask or when it's a fully mature whiskey, you tend to have lost um, some of that kind of bright, young... Like the green no, kind of Yeah, and, fresh and, and the essence green. of the corn whiskey, which, you know, I, I'm proud of our white distillate. I think it's delicious. And, you know, the corn that we're using is a beautiful corn from upstate New York, and I want you to be able to taste it. Right. You know, I want it to come through in the bourbon as well as have the complement of you know, the barrel influences, the oak, the, the cinnamon, the vanilla, those things. So I think small barrel aging gives you that because it's, it's simultaneously a young spirit, but that also has a lot of wood influence. Yeah. I think it's interesting because like you said, you know, with the 53-gallon barrel, the way that the flavor changes in that 53-gallon cask, you know, over, you're looking at like a few months and for, for like me, the that's small, a week. it's like that's a week. Yeah, that, that yeah, exactly. I can taste it one Sunday and go back the next Sunday, and it's a totally different barrel of whiskey. It's interesting. So you really do have to taste yeah. a lot of whiskey. <laughs> it's often, <laughs> often. That's awesome. It's a rough uh, life. Th- yeah, totally. Um, so as far as like, as far as like, we talked about like the size of the barrels, and like you know, it, like a lot of craft distilleries and craft breweries these days, you know, like any kind of craft business you know you have to start small so we talked about like the uh starting with the five gallon uh stills and then the five gallon barrels like Mm -hmm. what about the company like as a whole i mean obviously with distillation you've got a lot of like government hoops to jump through no joke doh dob dob is the big one they're gonna they're gonna be a very big part of my life in the next few months we're in the middle of a a big build out so as you mentioned um, we started with five five gallon stills and the five gallon casks and then when we moved to our navy yard space which was in spring of this uh this past spring so we're coming up on almost a year there we jumped up a little bit um to using uh, 53 gallon 50 gallon drums instead of the tiny five gallon restaurant pots that we were using and we got some 23 gallon stills so still pretty tiny and we still stuck with the five gallons mostly at that time, but now we're ready to jump up and, and kind of build a big boy distillery. So we're, we have a boiler that we're getting and uh, have some stills that are they're on their way from Scotland. They're actually sitting on a barge in Red Hook right now. So awesome. they're tantalizingly close to me. I, they're very, very close. I, can, I saw um, some pictures before we came on the air there beautiful it's one of my like one of my kind of obsessions is like i just love the art and the style of of you know awesome copper pot stills these are so beautiful we really um you know we were all totally agreed on there's a lot of different places that you could get stills you know mine came from scotland they don't have to but we were 
just so enamored of the idea of getting these stills from Scotland. You know, the way it's a particular company, Forsyth, that mainly makes Scotch whiskey stills. So they're not this style of still um, hasn't really been seen a whole lot in America. I think Woodford has has them, right. um, but I don't know of anyone else that has this type of still. So it's a really simple pot still. They're so elegant. They're really um, you know no bells and whistles that you don't need. They're very classically designed. They're just very, very elegant. Um, I saw the pictures and I fell in love. But the opportunity to design them was huge. This is a this is a lifetime moment for me. Oh, man. Well, okay, let's take a break. And then when we get back, let's talk about that. Because I've always wanted to be involved on designing a still, which I know nothing about except for how it works, kind of. All right, back in just a moment with Nicole Austin of Kings County Distillery. And you're listening to I Get Pretty Upset by Space Disease on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. We'd like to give a big welcome to our newest business members, Jonathan and Amelia Sawyer, at the Greenhouse Tavern in Cleveland, Ohio. Their restaurant follows green principles of organic and environmentally friendly ingredients while using recyclables and highly developed methods of composting, sourcing alternative energy, and focusing on conservation practices. To learn more, visit their website, www.greenhousetavern.com. To learn more about becoming a business member, email us, info at heritageradionetwork.org. And we are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy. We've got Nicole Austin in from Kings County Distillery in lovely Dumbo, Navy Yards. Yeah, Navy Yards. Yeah. yeah. In Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, we're <laughs> in between Dumbo and Williamsburg. Uh, I, I, I've ridden back by there on my bike, and I don't even know why I haven't stopped in yet. It's- this is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You invited me so long ago. I did. It was I- July. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. Why? Yeah, Jack's giving me the thumbs down, <laughs> and yeah, I, I got to get. I, I, oh, come to this awesome whiskey distillery know, right? in Brooklyn. <laughs> you have this incredible privilege of being invited. Oh no, all right, cool. All right. I'm too busy. I don't know. I got to have brunch or something. That's another show. That's like <laughs> that's all kinds of gotcha moments. Um, <laughs> all right. So anyway, before we. Uh, <laughs> Before we get into that, do you want to taste whiskey out of a cask? Oh, oh no, that oh, sounds oh, no, really, you don't? really, no. oh, okay, really annoying. It's awful. All right, all right, enough of that. <laughs> Let's just do this the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Please no. <laughs> um, anyway, we were talking before the break about uh, some of the the newer developments, like moving into the spot in the navy yards and getting those new stills that are going to be delivered on Monday, right? Yeah, they're coming up on Monday at nine a.m. It's easy. 
I, you can't see it, but I have a huge shit eating grin on my face right now. I couldn't possibly be, I couldn't possibly be more excited. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> big deal. yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for you. Cause I, I'm going to come over and play. Um, I've heard that. I've heard that before. <laughs> so you, you got to, uh, you were involved in the design process for the stills for yeah, the Forsyth. That was sort of my opportunity. So I talked earlier before about the kind of chemical engineering degree, which um, did not play in nearly as much as I expected it to when we were on this super small scale. You know, I, I rolled in like, what's the pH measurement? And, you know, what's our bricks measurement on our mash? And they all looked at me like, yeah, we, we don't do that. That's, <laughs> no, we don't. That's not our style here. So that was a big adjustment for me. But designing a still, I mean, that's that's the wheelhouse of chemical engineering. So that was, this was my moment to, you know, do, this is the thing that I've been dreaming of for the moment that I told my guidance counselor, fuck you, and ended up as a chemical engineer, <laughs> awesome. was to design, you know, a, a distillation equipment. That's what we do. Yeah. So this is, that was my moment. So what were some of the things that, uh, what are some of the features that you uh, used to tweak if you want to, I know these are kind of, we're getting, we're bordering <laughs> on the, uh, the uh, industry secrets part. I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, there's not, we're pretty open. I mean, at Kingstown, I could, I could tell you everything that we do and, I am 100% confident that you could still not make whiskey like we're making whiskey. Sure. I mean, it's just such a variable process. The The challenge with these is, you know, we've already established our, our flavor profile. You know, we've established the type of spirit that we make and what we were doing it on these much smaller stills. So now when you move to a big still, you know, it's totally different equipment and that has a huge impact on what the, the distillate that's coming out and what its flavor profile is. So the challenge was sort of to, you know, try and approximate with a completely different shape of still. I want to make a distillate that's still going to taste this as close to the same as the one that we were making, but hopefully a little bit better, you know, kind yeah. of the a constant improvement, you know, that we were talking about a little bit yeah. earlier. Constant We'd, work in progress. Always a work in progress. That's what it means to start a business. Always, 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 always. There's something else to be done. But the thought was, you know, it's a challenge because the still shape, there's so many things, those hobby size stills, they're, they don't look anything like, you know, a still that you would use on a larger scale. And so the challenge for us was to try and figure out, and this is where, you know, my expertise came in was to figure out, okay, what is our style of distillate? You know, we have uh, what I would describe as a a pretty flavorful, um, kind of heavy, oily, um, you know, very kind of purposefully coarsely distilled um, mm-hmm. distillate. You know, a lot of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some engineering terms, so stop me if I'm boring you, but congeners, it's what, it's the flavor. It's the flavor of the whiskey, yeah. all the things that are in there that are not alcohol and water or congeners, and that's what makes it taste. And so a lot more of those in there is kind of a bigger spirit. And so we have a very oily distillate. So the challenge was what you know, buying this still, this, you know, beautiful foresight still, what do I want to tell them to make that same type of distillate? So the answer ended up being, um, you know, I asked for a very simple um, kind of cut down, you know, no trays, no onion, which if, if you're not from it, that's like the bulb that would go mm-hmm. in between the, you know, the column and the pot. So very low reflux. That's the key. It's a very... Um, you know, the more reflux, the more precise your distillation. So I was trying to design a very low reflux still. So really everything that boils out, all the gases that come into the column 
um, most of them are going to make their way into your final distillate, and that's kind of the key. But it's a challenge because if you go too far, then you know, then you just have a dirty whiskey, and then yeah, you don't yeah. get a good yield because you have to keep a lot of stuff out, and you end up, you know, completely cutting cutting your final yield out of the still. So it's it's a delicate balance, and I I totally guessed, <laughs> <laughs> an educated guess, but it's mostly a guess. So we'll we'll see. I think like I'm pretty sure it's going to be fairly badass you know i mean if you started oh, it's definitely going to be badass have you seen these oh yeah it's uh, there it is impossible that I mean, the whiskey we're talking about like moonshining on top of your stove to uh you know to like brand new foresight like custom-made stills i think it's gonna be all right i, I think you'll be okay i have confidence that it will be okay <laughs> but there's gonna be many headaches in between now and there and many panic moments in between now and there but it, it will be okay it will be better than okay actually i'm pretty yeah. confident that it will be fantastic i think like to me, that process, like re kind of reevaluating your distillate after changing some equipment like that, is part of the fun of it too. Like you know, it's like we oh, were saying, maybe. like uh, you know, like a constant work in progress. Like That's if you didn't makes- have those challenges, you'd probably yeah. get bored. That's what makes whiskey interesting. That's the whole key. That's the thing. You know, whiskey. It's you can you know you can do science and you can have that. You can I can you know explain everything about mash ph and reflux and how you change those things and but at the end of the day no one has an answer no scientist no phd student can tell you how to make a delicious whiskey that's just that's not a thing there's there's so many variables it's it's always an artisanal process so you have both you know and it's always kind of a mystery and it's always kind of magic so that's what drawn that's what drew me to it you know the that it's simultaneously art and science. Right. If it were a perfect science... It wouldn't be wouldn't art. Ha- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wouldn't be art. There wouldn't exactly. be that subtle appreciation of this magically delicious liquid that's in your glass. Right. And that goes into play with the barrels again, too. You know, Com- like- Yeah, completely. I mean, that's a... They tell a story. That's, that's what whiskey's supposed to be about. You know, you're not just buying into, uh, you know, the pure liquid in the glass. You're you're enjoying the whole experience of drinking something that was artisanally made in Brooklyn with this whole different style of barrel aging. It, it changes things. It's something that's part of the point of, of experiencing this and creating it this way, you know, to make a a unique experience, something that evokes the bourbon that you're familiar with. You know, it hasn't gone totally far from that. It is bourbon and it's an homage to the classic Kentucky style, but it's also our own. It's, you know, it's how we were doing it in Brooklyn. Totally. And that's, you know, people, I, I, I'm constantly frustrated by the assumption that my five-gallon barrel aging is an accident or something that I was forced to do because I don't own a forklift, which is true. <laughs> um, true, true to a point, but I really, I really, really believe in it. And it's, it's something, you know, I'm saying, fuck you to the people that tell me that I cannot make delicious whiskey in a five-gallon cask. <laughs> It's very defined. Your whole your whole like timeline is very defined across. Um, but speaking of uh, like unique experiences, now that you have these new stills, you're saying that you're going to use the the smaller still you have to make ex- like to basically experiment, right? That's the plan. Yeah, when we don't need to rely on them for the bulk of our production, that I can start experimenting. I did some uh, recipe development with my friend Jeff from Char Four. Uh, last year, and I definitely started to discover some things that are a little 
off the rails whiskey wise that I think have the potential to be pretty fantastic. So the hope is that once these smaller stills are freed up, that we can start working with things that are um, not our main products, not the corn whiskey, not the bourbon, uh, rye being one of them. So hopefully keep nice. your eyes out for a Kings County rye. Yep, I will. I am right now. <laughs> I'm Googling that. <laughs> so that's awesome, actually, you know, because especially with, you know, some of the bigger companies like Buffalo Trace, which happens to be one of my favorite distilleries. Um, they have their experimental collections, you know, and it's it's something that you're starting. Don't even get me started on the Buffalo Trace. <laughs> but you're starting to see it like a lot more with. With not only like the smaller brands, but some of the bigger brands. But I mean, not well, saying Buffalo that they're Trace better. is the perfect example. They're exactly the ones that said, you know, that small barrel aging doesn't work. And if you are one of the probably 10 people in the world that follow these little industry press releases avidly, um, you know, they're the ones that came out and said that, you know, they, well, we put whiskey in, you know, three small barrels and left it in there for six years and for some reason it didn't come out good therefore small barrel aging doesn't work oh you gotta you have to tweak it man yeah you do you gotta you gotta pay attention and i think all we've learned is that you can't make buffalo trace in a five gallon barrel but thankfully that's not what i'm trying to do yeah you know you can like bake a potato in the oven wrapped in foil or you can throw it in the microwave for two minutes it's still going to be hot, and you can eat it, but it's going to be a different potato. I'm not entirely sure where you're going with I don't the potato know either, metaphor. <laughs> I'm just saying. There, am I the baked there, potato, or am I the microwave potato? That's a that's a different jail time experience. <laughs> you're a baked potato. J- I think... You're yeah, a baked potato. Jackson J. Baked potato. I can't... You know what? We're done. <laughs> I'm going to put sour cream all gonna, over you. <laughs> There's a mashed potato joke somewhere. In yeah, there. we got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It could be a mashed potato. See, mash bill, mash potato. Mm, 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 no. Mm, that's See, now, we're, now we're getting into like vodka territory with the potato thing. I don't know where that came from, but I thought I had a point. And this is making for really awesome, fun radio. <laughs> but, um, okay, so we're we're running out of time, though. But um, you'll have to come back for more conversations, more thought-provoking conversations about... If you come to my <laughs> distillery, I will come back to your radio show. Okay, that's a deal. Fair enough. Got it. Um, so, what are some of the? Uh, okay, before we go, like, yeah. okay, obviously, you and I are big whiskey drinkers, and um, you know, obviously, we typically drink it straight on the rocks, you know. But um, what are some of the cool like cocktails that you've seen that have been used using like Kings County? You know, there haven't been a ton. I know I've been pestering you to make some of them for quite a while. Um, you did, if you may recall, make a fantastic punch with my moonshine that ended up going over very well at the party. That was excellent. It was a very See, classic I've, punch. I've done that. Yes. made some drinks recipes. You've, you've made some drinks recipes with me. That punch was excellent. I think I, I told you about the experience of attempting to make uh, 40 gallons of it at one oh, time, yeah. which was a bit of a challenge. Do you realize how much lemon juice you need to do Oh, yeah. That? Yeah, it's it's a lot. That was for the party. That was yes. that kickoff party for the yes. Navy Yard spot. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean... Sorry about that. I, mean, <laughs> I was, how many bottles of bitters do I need to dump into this? 17. No one knows. No one knows how, what the volume of a dash of bitters. I don't know if... I know we've talked about this. I think it's, it's 60 a great, per ounce or 80 per ounce or something. There, there is a great Google debate about this. It's, okay. There's... It depends it's on how challenge. you dash it, too, I guess. I mean, like, it, yeah, whatever. I was not an expert dasher. <laughs> it was a big mystery. Oh, man. You just pop the top off. and You just, you just do it to taste. Hey, you're the master blender. You I'm should not, be able to just taste it as you go. And you should know. 
right? I, it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same at all. I know how to taste whiskey. I know how to blend whiskey. I'm, you know, I can't make a cocktail like you can. Well, speaking of taste and whiskey, I think it's time for us to go do that. I think I'm with you. I'm right. right behind you. <laughs> Nicole Austin from Kings County Distillery, thank you so much. You'll have to come back sometime soon. Thanks for having me. Everyone check them out. What's the website? It's kingscountydistillery.com. I could have guessed that. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. We'll be back next week on Speakeasy. Cheers. Save your soul Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>